Chapter Twenty Two, Part One of Pilgrimage to Al Madina and Mecca. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Carolyn. Chapter Twenty Two, Part One of Personal Narrative of a Pilgrimage to Al Madina and Mecca by Richard Francis Burton. A visit to the Saint's Cemetery. A splendid comet, blazing in the western sky, had aroused the apprehensions of the Madani. They all fell to predicting the usual disasters—war, famine, and pestilence, it being still an article of Muslim belief that the dead star foreshadows all manners of calamities. Men discussed the probability of Abd al-Majid's immediate decease, for here, as in Rome, when beggars die, there are no comets seen the heavens themselves blaze forth the death of princes and in every strange atmospheric appearance about the time of the hajj the hijazis are accustomed to read tidings of the dreaded re al asfar footnote the cholera see chapter eighteen and a footnote whether the event is attributable to the zuzubawa the lord of the forelock or whether it was a case of post hoc ergo propter hoc i would not commit myself by deciding but influenced by some cause or another the hawazim and the hawamit subfamilies of the benu harb began to fight about this time with prodigious fury these tribes are generally at feud and the least provocation fans their smouldering wrath into a flame the hawamit number it is said between three and four thousand fighting men and the hawazim not more than seven hundred the latter however are considered a race of desperadoes who pride themselves upon never retreating and under their fiery sheikhs abbas and abu ali they are a thorn in the side of their disproportionate foe on the present occasion a hamidah happened to strike the camel of a hazimi which had trespassed footnote the word hawamit is plural of hamida hawazim of hazimi End of footnote. upon which the hazimi smote the hamida and called him a rough name the hamida instantly shot the hazimi the tribes were called out and they fought with asperity for some days during the whole of the afternoon of thursday the thirtieth of august the sound of firing amongst the mountains was distinctly heard in the city through the streets parties of badawin sword and matchlock in hand or merely carrying quarter-staffs on their shoulders might be seen hurrying along frantic at the chance of missing the fray the townspeople cursed them privily expressing a hope that the whole race of vermin might consume itself and the pilgrims were in no small trepidation fearing the desertion of their camelmen and knowing what a blaze is kindled in this inflammable land by an ounce of gunpowder i afterwards heard that the badawin fought till night and separated after losing on both sides ten men this quarrel put an end to any lingering possibility of my prosecuting my journey to muscat footnote anciently there was a caravan from muscat to al Madina my friends could not tell me when the line had been given up but all were agreed that for years they had not seen an oman caravan 
the pilgrims preferring to enter al-hijaz via jeddah End of footnote. as originally intended i had on the way from yambu to al madina privily made a friendship with one mujrim of the benu harb the sinful as his name ancient and classical amongst the arab means understood that i had some motive of secret interest to undertake the perilous journey he could not promise at first to guide me as his speed lay between yambu al madina mecca and jeddah but he offered to make all inquiries about the route and to bring me the result at noonday a time when the household was asleep he had almost consented at last to travel with me about the end of august in which case i should have slipped out of hamid's house and started like a badawi towards the indian ocean but when the war commenced mujrim who doubtless wished to stand by his brethren the hawazim began to show signs of recusancy in putting off the day of departure to the end of september at last when pressed he frankly told me that no traveller nay not a badawi could leave the city in that direction even as far as historic kaiba footnote according to abul feda kaiba is six stations northeast of al madina it is four according to al idrisi but my informants assured me that camels go there easily as the tariq al kamisi says in three days i should place it eighty miles north-northeast of al madina in burkitt's map and those copied from it kaibar is placed about two degrees distant from al madina which i believe to be too far End of footnote. which information i afterwards ascertained to be correct it was impossible to start alone and when in despair i had recourse to sheikh hamid he seemed to think me mad for wishing to went northwards when all the world was hurrying towards the south my disappointment was bitter at first but consolation soon suggested itself under the most favourable circumstances a badawi trip from al madina to muscat fifteen or sixteen hundred miles would require at least ten months whereas under pain of losing my commission footnote the parliamentary limit of an officer's leave from india is five years if he overstay that period he forfeits his commission end of footnote i was ordered to be at bombay before the end of march however entering arabia by Ahijaz, as has before been said i was obliged to leave behind all my instruments except the watch and a pocket compass so the benefit rendered to geography by my trip would have been scanty still remained to me the comfort of reflecting that possibility at mecca some opportunity of crossing the peninsula might present itself at any rate i had the certainty of seeing the strange wild country of the hijaz and of being present at the ceremonies of the holy city i must request the reader to bear with a visitation once more we shall conclude it with a ride to al footnote the name means the place of many routes it is also called bakia al garkat the place of many routes of the tree ramnus garkat is translated in different ways some term it lot others the tree of the jews End of footnote this venerable spot is frequented by the pious every day after the prayer at the prophet's tomb and especially on fridays our party started one morning 
on donkeys as usual for my foot was not yet strong along the darb al janaza round the southern wall of the town the locomotion was decidedly slow principally in consequence of the tent ropes which the hajjis had pinned down literally all over the plain and falls were by no means unfrequent at last we arrived at the end of the darb where i committed myself by mistaking the decaying place of those miserable schismatics the nakavila for al bakia the glorious cemetery of the saints hamid corrected my blunder with tartness to which i replied as tartly that in our country afghanistan we burned the body of every heretic upon whom we could lay our hands this truly islamitic custom was heard with general applause and as the little dispute ended we stood at the open gate of al bakia then having dismounted i sat down on a low dakka or stone bench within the walls to obtain a general view and to prepare for the most fatiguing of the visitations there is a tradition that seventy thousand or according to others a hundred thousand saints all with faces like full moons shall cleave on the last day the yawning bosom of al bakia footnote the same is said of the makbara benu salma or salim a cemetery to the west of al madina below rising ground called jabal sulla it has long ago been deserted see chapter fourteen End of footnote. about ten thousand of the ashab companions of the prophet and innumerable sadat are here buried their graves are forgotten because in the olden time tombstones were not placed over the last resting-places of mankind the first of flesh who shall rise is mohammed the second abu bakr the third omar then the people of al bakia amongst whom is osman the fourth caliph and then the uncolle of the jannat al ma'alla the meccan cemetery the hadith whoever dies at the two hanims shall rise with the sur on the day of judgment has made these spots priceless in value and even upon earth they might be made a mine of wealth like the catacombs at rome al bakia is literally full of the odour of sanctity and a single item of the great aggregate here would render any other muslim town famous it is a pity that this people refuses to exhume its relics the first person buried in al bakia was osman bin mazun the first of the muhajirs who died at al madina in the month of shaban anu hegire three the prophet kissed the forehead of the corpse and ordered it to be interred within sight of his abode footnote in those days al madina had no walls and was clear of houses on the east of the harim End of footnote. in those days the field was covered with the tree garcot the vegetation was cut down the ground was levelled and osman was placed in the centre of the new cemetery with his own hands mohammed planted two large upright stones at the head and the feet of his faithful follower footnote these stones were removed by al marwan who determined that osman's grave should not be distinguished from his fellows for this act the lieutenant of muawiyah was reproved and blamed by pious moslems End of footnote. 
and in process of time a dome covered the spot. Ibrahim, the Prophet's infant second son, was laid by Osman's side, after which al-Bakiya became a celebrated cemetery. The burial place of the saints is an irregular oblong surrounded by walls which are connected with the suburb at their southwest angle. The Darb al-Janaza separates it from the enceinte of the town, and the eastern desert road beginning from the Bab al-Juma bounds it on the north. Around it palm plantations seem to flourish. It is small, considering the extensive use made of it. All that die at Al-Madina, strangers as well as natives, except only heretics and schismatics, expect to be interred in it. It must be choked with corpses, which it could never contain, did not the Muslim style of burial greatly favor rapid decomposition, and it has all the inconveniences of intramural sepulture. The gate is small and ignoble, a mere doorway in the wall. Inside there are no flower-pots, no tall trees, in fact none of the refinements which lightens the gloom of a Christian burial-place. The buildings are simple, they might even be called mean. Almost all are the common Arab mosque, cleanly whitewashed, and looking quite new. The ancient monuments were levelled to the ground by Saad the Wahhabi and his Puritan followers, who waged pitiless warfare against what must have appeared to them magnificent mausolea, deeming as they did a loose heap of stones sufficient for a grave. In Burkhardt's time the whole place was a confused accumulation of heaps of earth, white pits, and rubbish, without a singular regular tombstone. The present erections owe their existence, I was told, to the liberality of the sultans Abd al-Hamid and Mahmud. A poor pilgrim has lately started on his last journey, and his corpse, unattended by friends or mourners, is carried upon the shoulders of hired buriers into the cemetery. Suddenly they stay their rapid steps, and throw the body upon the ground. There is a lifelike pliability about it as it falls, and the tight cerements so define the outlines that the action makes me shudder. It looks almost as if the dead were conscious of what is about to occur. They have forgotten their tools. One man starts to fetch them, and three sit down to smoke. After a time a shallow grave is hastily scooped out. Footnote. It ought to be high enough for the tenant to sit upright when answering the interrogatory angels. End of footnote. The corpse is packed in it with such unseemly haste that earth touches it in all directions. Cruel carelessness among Muslims, who believe this to torture the sentient frame. Footnote. Because of this superstition, in every part of al-Islam some contrivance is made to prevent the earth pressing upon the body. End of footnote. One comfort suggests itself. The poor man, being a pilgrim, has died shahid, in martyrdom. Ere long his spirit shall leave al-Bakiya, and he on honeydew shall feed, and drink the milk of paradise. I entered the holy cemetery right foot forwards, as if it were a mosque, and barefooted, to avoid suspicion of being a heretic. For, though the citizens wear their shoes in the Bakiya, they are much offended at seeing the Persians follow their example. 
we begin by the general benediction footnote this blessing is in muhammad's words as the beauty of the arabic shows aisha relates that in the month safar anohegire eleven one night the prophet who was beginning to suffer from the headache which caused his death arose from his couch and walked out into the darkness whereupon she followed him in a fit of jealousy thinking he might be about to visit some other wife he went to al bakia delivered the above benediction which others give somewhat differently raised his hands three times and turned to go home aisha hurried back but she could not conceal her agitation from her husband who asked her what she had done upon her confessing her suspicions he sternly informed her that he had gone forth by order of the archangel gabriel to bless and to intercede for the people of al Bakia. some authors relate a more facetious termination of the colloquy m c de percival and a footnote peace be upon ye o people of al Bakia. peace be upon ye o admitted to the presence of the most high receive ye what ye have been promised peace be upon ye martyrs of al Bakia one and all we verily if allah please are about to join you o allah pardon us and them and the mercy of god and his blessings after which we recited the chapter al ikhlas and the testification then raised our hands mumbled the fatiha passed our palms down our faces and went on walking down a rough narrow path which leads from the western to the eastern extremity of al Bakia, we entered the humble mausoleum of the caliph osman osman al muslim or the ill-treated he is called by some muslims when he was slain footnote limping osman as the persians contemptuously call him was slain by rebels and therefore became a martyr according to the sunnis the shias justify the murder saying it was the act of an ijma al-muslimin or the general consensus of al-islam which in their opinion ratifies an act of lynch law End of footnote. his friends wished to bury him by the prophet in the hujra and aisha made no objection to the measure but the people of egypt became violent swore that the corpse should neither be buried nor be prayed over and only permitted it to be removed upon the threat of habiba one of the mothers of the muslims and daughter of abu sufyan to expose her countenance during the night that followed his death usman was carried out by several of his friends to al Bakia, from which however they were driven away and obliged to deposit their burden in a garden eastward of and outside the saint's cemetery it was called Hissen Kaukab, and was looked upon as an inauspicious place of sepulture, till Marwan included it in al -Bakiyya. We stood before Osman's monument, repeating, Peace be upon thee, O our Lord Osman, son of Affan. Footnote. This specifying the father Affan proves him to have been a Muslim. Abu Bakr's father, Kahafa, and Omar's al Katab are not mentioned by name in the ceremonies of visitation and a footnote peace be upon thee o caliph of allah's apostle peace be upon thee o writer of allah's book peace be upon thee 
in whose presence the angels are ashamed. Footnote. The Christian reader must remember that the Muslims rank angelic nature, under certain conditions, below human nature. End of footnote. Peace be upon thee, O collector of the Quran. Peace be upon thee, O son-in-law of the Prophet. Peace be upon thee, O Lord of the two lights, the two daughters of Muhammad. Footnote. Osman married two daughters of the Prophet, a circumstance which the Sunnis quote as honorable to him. The Shias, on the contrary, declare that he killed them both by ill-treatment. End of footnote. Peace be upon thee, who fought the battle of the faith. Allah be satisfied with thee, and cause thee to be satisfied and render heaven thy habitation. Peace be upon thee, and the mercy of Allah and his blessings, and praise be to Allah, Lord of the three worlds. This supplication concluded in the usual manner, after which we gave alms and settled with ten piastres the demands of the Kadim. Footnote. These men are generally descendants of the saint whose tomb they own. They receive pensions from the mudir of the mosque, and retain all fees presented to them by visitors. Some families are respectably supported in this way. End of footnote. Who takes charge of the tomb? This double dispersing process had to be repeated at each station. Then, moving a few paces to the north, we faced eastwards and performed the visitation of Abu Said al-Khazari, a sahib or companion of the Prophet, whose sepulchre lies outside al-Bakiyah. The third place visited was a dome containing the tomb of Our Lady Halima, the Badawi wet-nurse who took charge of Muhammad. Footnote. This woman, according to some accounts, also saved Muhammad's life when an Arab kahin, or diviner, foreseeing that the child was destined to subvert the national faith, urged the bystanders to bury their swords in his bosom. The Sharifs of Mecca still entrust their children to the Badawin, that they may be hardened by the discipline of the desert, and the late Pasha of Egypt gave one of his sons in charge of the Anisa tribe, near Akbar. Burkett makes some sensible remarks about this custom, which cannot be too much praised. And a footnote. She is addressed thus. Peace be upon thee, O Halima, the auspicious. Footnote. Al-Sadiya, a double entender. It means auspicious, and also alludes to Halima's tribe, the Benusad. End of footnote. Peace be upon thee, who performed thy trust in suckling the breast of mankind. Peace be upon thee, O wet-nurse of al-Mustafa, the Chosen. Peace be upon thee, O wet-nurse of al-Mujtaba, the Accepted. Footnote. Both these words are titles of the Prophet. Al-Mustafa means the Chosen, al-Mujtaba, the Accepted. End of footnote. May Allah be satisfied with thee, and cause thee to be satisfied, and render heaven thy house and habitation. And verily we have come visiting thee, and by means of thee drawing near to Allah's Prophet, and through him to God, the Lord of the heavens and the earths. Footnote. There being, according to the Muslims, many heavens and many earths. End of footnote. 
after which fronting the north we stood before a low enclosure containing ovals of loose stones disposed side by side these are the martyrs of al bakia who received the crown of glory at the hands of al-muslim the general of the arch-heretic yazid footnote the shafi'i school allows its disciples to curse al-yazid the son of muawiyah whose cruelties to the descendants of the prophet and crimes and vices have made him the judas iscariot of al-islam i have heard hanafi muslims especially saids revile him but this is not strictly speaking correct the shias of course place no limits to their abuse of him you first call a man omar then shimr the slayer of al Husayn, and lastly yazid beyond which insult does not extend End of footnote. the prayer he recited differs so little from that addressed to the matters of ohod that i will not transcribe it the fifth station is near the centre of the cemetery at the tomb of ibrahim who died to the eternal regret of al-islam some say six months old others in his second year he was the son of maria the coptic girl sent as a present to muhammad by jari the mukaukas or governor of alexandria the prophet with his own hand piled earth upon the grave and sprinkled it with water a ceremony then first performed disposed small stones upon it and pronounced the final salutation for which reason many holy men were buried in this part of the cemetery every one being ambitious to lie in ground which has been honoured by the apostles hands then we visited al nafi maula son of umar generally called imam nafi al kari or the koran chanter and near him the great doctor imam malik imnanas a native of al madina and one of the most dutiful of her sons the eighth station is at the tomb of uikal bin ali talib brother of ali footnote ukail or akil as many write the name died at damascus during the caliphate of al muawiyah some say he was buried there others that his corpse was transplanted to al madina and buried in a place where formerly his house known as da ukail stood and a footnote then we visited the spot where lie interred all the prophet's wives khadija who lies at mecca alone excepted muhammad married fifteen wives of whom nine survived him after the mothers of the moslems we prayed at the tomb of muhammad's daughters said to be ten in number End of chapter twenty two part one